Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Doug Tyrrell History and Comment. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Monday, the 27th day of March, 2023. The adage that March comes in like a lamb and out like a lion, or vice versa, seems to be holding this year. We had a couple of days of 70 and sunny the first week, and that got everyone here in the mood for spring. Then we've been cool and wet ever since. Overall, it's been a mild winter, but 50 and wet just is not as nice as 70 and sunny. The historical English monarchy is interesting as it is a study in human nature and competing priorities. And over the centuries, it has changed greatly. Charles I becomes King of England, Scotland, and Ireland in 1625, as well as claiming the title of King of France. The Charles name would suggest some French influence. These multiple thrones were often the result of close family relationships between the royals across Europe. It also often led to a monarch who was at odds with his subjects. Born in Scotland, Charles spent much of his early life in England. He was a Protestant, but considered a Catholic wife. In the end, Charles remains the only English king to be tried, convicted, and executed for treason. President Washington signs an act in 1794 that establishes a permanent navy under the Constitution and orders six frigates to be built. These are the Constellation, the Constitution, Chesapeake, Congress, and President. You might recognize the USS Constitution by her nickname, Old Ironsides. She remains on the Navy's active roster and is berthed in Boston Harbor. If you miss the detail, her hull is white oak and not iron. 1814, U.S. forces defeat the Creek Indians at the Battle of Horseshoe Bend. The battle took place in east-central Alabama near the town of Alexander City. At first glance, this sounds like another European versus Native conflict. But that is not the case. Both the British and the U.S. were plying the Natives in their fight. Often how the Indians aligned had to do with how open they were to assimilating to European ways. Those who were working to get along sided with the U.S., while those who were adamant about resisting U.S. encroachment sided with the British in hopes of defeating the United States. It was rampant politics, and the debate had Indians fighting among themselves. The Battle of Horseshoe Bend had the U.S. and Indian troops fighting other Indians. Sadly, the commanding general of the U.S. forces at the battle was Andrew Jackson, future president. He might be worth a very deep study. One of the major events of his presidency was the signing of the Indian Removal Act, but even that has lots of angles and is not a clear cut as it seems. And before you get the idea that it was everyone against the Europeans, the Cherokee Indians owned a number of African slaves. It was not the white against the people of color, as it's often portrayed today. The first steam-powered fire engine in the United States is tested in New York City in 1841. This one was constructed by Paul Hodge and was self-propelled. It featured a horizontal boiler of design and size more similar to a railroad engine of the day. Eleven years earlier, a steam fire engine had performed quite well in London, but like in London... The New York City engine was strongly resisted by fire personnel in favor of hand pumps, which required a large number of men to operate. We can thank public service unions for that. But the superiority of the steam pump will prevail and will come in favor in a few years. One of the early tests was in Cincinnati, Ohio in December of 1852. That test 
was prompted by a fire where competing fire companies brawled over access to a fire plug and the large building burned to the ground. President Andrew Johnson, not to be confused with Jackson, vetoes the Civil Rights Act of 1866. The veto will be overridden by both houses of Congress. But there was a number of legal questions, including if Congress had the power to pass such sweeping bills. That point will be settled by the three Reconstruction Amendments to the Constitution. Johnson's veto may have been more political maneuvering rather than opposition to the content. This period in American history was maybe the most contentious of any time. Meanwhile, back in Cincinnati, there's another mob brawl in 1884. The Queen City was growing and had a serious crime and corruption problem when a murder trial that was widely seen as a clear case of murder returned a manslaughter verdict. When the dust settled three days later, there were 45 dead, the courthouse destroyed, and widespread damage. If there was an upside, some of the more corrupt political bosses left town. Typhoid fever is a highly contagious bacterial disease that can be fatal. In the late 19th century, sanitary conditions were not well understood yet. Mary Mallon was born in 1869 in County Tyrone, Ireland. Her mother contracted the disease while pregnant, but the child never showed symptoms, but carried the bacteria and would infect other people. After she immigrated to America, she worked as a cook. In that position, she infected as many as 120 people over several decades and from 5 to 50 fatalities. The understanding of infectious diseases was rudimentary at the time. Mary never thought she was a carrier. She was the first person to be identified without symptoms. Mary was forcibly confined in medical isolation for over three decades against her will. By the time she died, over 400 people were identified as asymptomatic carriers. You'll recall the name Typhoid Mary. It is scary that the vector route is fecal contamination to food or water. Poo-poo germs getting in your food. Sun Records of Memphis, Tennessee begins releasing records in 1952. The largest earthquake in North American history strikes south-central Alaska and specifically Anchorage in 1964. At 9.2 on the Richter scale, this was one of the strongest in recorded history. Actress Polly Parrott is 54. You may recall her from 15 seasons on NCIS. Also 54 is singer Mariah Carey. Construction on the Trans-Alaska Pipeline begins in 1975. I do not like to highlight disasters, but this is a big one. On this day in 1977, two Boeing 747s collide on the ground in Tenerife, the Canary Islands, resulting in the death of 583 people. The event was a perfect storm. Both of the airliners had been en route to another Canary Island airport, but that airport had suffered an actual bombing and was under a threat of additional devices. All inbound flights had been diverted to the smaller airport on Tenerife. The tiny island with a single runway and a single taxiway was swamped with five large airplanes. In the confusion, a heavy fog settled in. The plan was to have both departing aircraft taxi down the runway, the first turn around at the end, and prepare for its takeoff run back up the same path it had just transversed. The second was following and was to pull over to the taxiway. Unmarked routes, the fog, and a confusion of if the second had cleared the runway caused the first plane to begin its run too early. 
Both crews saw the impending disaster just seconds before the collision, and both tried to divert. The first plane by rotating, and the second by pulling off onto the grass, but neither measure was enough. The U.S. Supreme Court rules 8-1 in 1979 that cops can't randomly stop cars. Today, they have to find probable cause, like a broken taillight, burnt-out headlight, or the improper lane change, before they can pull you over and begin the inquisition. A police force is absolutely necessary. The absence of one will result in anarchy, but it also offers a rich environment for abuse. Mount St. Helens becomes active after 123 years of sleeping in 1980. It had experienced a 4.1-scale earthquake a week earlier, then venting steam on this day. By late April, the north side of the volcano will be bulging. Scientists were concerned, but no one envisioned what was about to unfold in the month of May. The medical drama Grey's Anatomy debuts in 2005. If you have never been a nursing or medical student, you may not realize the title is a play on a widely used anatomy textbook, first published by Henry Grey, spelled with an A, in London in 1858. The current edition is number 42, published in 2020. Amazingly, while printing techniques and the artwork have greatly changed through 42 editions, the human anatomy has not. There was an explosion at a candy factory in Pennsylvania since we last met. It would not make the list here, except I have heard at least two national newscasts mispronounce the town's name. It's like the railroad. It's not pronounced reading, it's reading, or in this case, West Reading, Pennsylvania. That's history and comment for the 27th day of March. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.